The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. This is Bloomberg Daybreak here for this Monday, the 20th of February in London. Coming up today. Seeking competition over conflict, the US and China struggle to achieve a meeting of minds. The end of the beginning. Sunak looks to reset EU relations with a Brexit deal on Northern Ireland. A fee for your feed. Meta launches a subscription service across Facebook and Instagram. Questions over Ireland's economic growth. Elon fails to pick up the bill for Twitter and UK retail in need of therapy. Those are the stories we're looking at in today's papers and I'm Leanne Gerrans. Plus, asking prices head north in North London. Camden rises by more than 17%. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Stephen Carroll. And I'm Caroline Hepke. Here are the stories that we're following today. The top diplomats from China and the United States have traded barbs in a sign of worsening ties. In their first in-person meeting since a Chinese balloon was shot down above the United States, Secretary of State Antony Blinken was blunt. I made very clear to him that China sending a surveillance balloon over the United States in violation of our sovereignty, uh, in violation of international law, was unacceptable and must never happen again. Blinken there on CBS's Face the Nation shortly after he met with China's Foreign Minister Wang Yi, who called the balloon incident, quote, hysterical. This is, I would say, absurd and hysterical. This is 100% abuse of the use of force. Wang Yi refused to even call his conversation with Antony Blinken an official meeting, arguing that the two only spoke because the US made a request. The souring mood goes beyond rhetoric, though, as America is concerned China is weighing whether to give Russia weapons for the war in Ukraine. The growing sense of unease between the two superpowers comes as Goldman strategists say Chinese stocks have the potential to rise by 24% this year. Bloomberg's Brian Curtis has more from Hong Kong. Goldman thinks the recent sell-off of Chinese stocks will reverse and that MSCI China can hit 85 by the end of the year. That's up from around 70 now. What's interesting about this call is that the strategists say that the rise will be led by earnings and not just multiple expansion. Some investors might quibble with this, given the rise in geopolitical tensions of late and the property crisis. But the bank sees a shift from reopening to recovery that will deliver windfall profits for business. In Hong Kong, Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. 
Now, Bloomberg understands that the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak is preparing to unveil a deal with the European Union on Northern Ireland. If an agreement can be reached, it could help to reset relations between the UK and EU three years after Brexit. Speaking to Bloomberg's Maria Tadeo at the Munich Security Conference, Sunak cautioned that nothing has been finalised. There is still work to do. There are still challenges to work through. We have not resolved all these issues. No, there, is no, there isn't a deal that has been done. There, there is an understanding of what needs to be done. I've been in Northern Ireland talking to parties there about the things that we need to fix. Uh, we're working through those. We're working through them hard and we will work through them intensely with the EU. But we are by no means done. There is no deal that is done. The Prime Minister Rishi Sunak speaking there to Bloomberg's Maria Tadeo. Government sources say that any deal is unlikely to be announced before Tuesday. Facebook and Instagram's parent company appears to be taking a leaf out of Twitter's book by offering verification deals to subscribers. The service will include a handful of additional perks and features, including account verification badges. Meta Verified will cost $11.99 a month if purchased directly and is said to be primarily targeted at content creators. And finally, North London property prices are surging as young professionals return to jobs in the capital after the pandemic. Bloomberg's UN Pots reports now. Property website Rightmove says asking prices in Camden are 17% higher than a year ago and are up by 6% in the past month alone. Neighbouring Barnet and Islington also notched up annual gains of about 8%. The wider picture across the capital is more nuanced and asking prices are just a snapshot. But the activity in Camden does suggest there's burgeoning strength in the broader market. According to Rightmove, average rates for a 15% deposit five-year fixed-rate mortgage are now about 4.8%. That's down from 5.9% back in October after the Liz Trust mini-budget. Most economists, though, do expect property prices to be lower by the end of this year than where they are now. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. OK, those are a few of our top stories for you this morning. Uh, you heard from Rishi Sunak, the Prime Minister there, who was speaking to our own Bloomberg's um, Maria Tadeo, who was at the Munich Security Conference over the weekend. This is kind of a hugely important forum where leaders from around the world gather. I think it's quite interesting that there were protests, anti-war protests on the streets uh, in Munich over the weekend. And of course, it comes as the BAFTAs you know, mm. awarded this German language, real anti-war movie uh, with a whole host of awards. Awards, uh, that's all quite on the Western Front, of course, based on on the book um, around World War One. But I just thought that was kind of an interesting yeah. tie. I mean, it's it's the thing that I think people in Europe are thinking about the war in Ukraine. Yeah, and seeing the focus on that as well. Um, very interesting um, to hear the commentary out coming out of that security conference uh, as well. And on terms of the BAFTAs, I was watching to see how the Banshees of Anna Sharon did oh, as well. Yes. Four, four awards. Um, Martin McDonough did make the joke when he got up to accept the award for uh, Best British Film, Best What <laughs> Film, because of course the film was shot in Ireland with an largely Irish cast and crew but did have British funding. Um, so that is how it ended up in that category at the BAFTAs as well. But uh, lots of winners to be watched out for, you know, everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, not managing to win as many prizes had been expected. That's mm. a big, you know, front runner for the Oscars as well. Just one prize from its 10 BAFTA nominations But there were as well. 11 female directors. Yeah. So that made quite a splash, didn't it, in terms of across all of the categories, 11 female directors. That's been a big issue, you know, trying to get more women directors to be kind of noticed by these big awards. Mm, yeah, one bit of glamour first to bring you on a Monday <laughs> yes. morning. All right, up next, Ireland's economic growth is real, insists its central banker. Elon fails to pick up the bill for Twitter and UK. UK retail is in need of therapy. 
The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Now, the paper review on Bluebird Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. Let's have a look at the papers with Bloomberg's Leanne Gerrans. Good morning, Leanne. So the Financial Times headline, the Irish Central Banker defends runaway economic growth as real. Yes, indeed, Caroline. Good morning to you. So an Irish theme after the BAFTAs mm-hmm. and now we're going to the FT. Now, speaking to the Financial Times, the governor of the Irish Central Bank, Gabrielle McClough, said that much of Ireland's growth, which is actually forecast to be 12.2% last year, that's more than and treble the EU average comes from real factories with real people, even if a lot of the activity stems from these big tech companies and pharmaceutical groups. Now, McClough in this particular article is pushing back against accusations that the high level of economic growth is distorted and that's because of big US companies taking advantage of Dublin's low corporate taxes. Mm. Now the debate around this and Ireland's economic outperformance really took centre stage after the country's 3.5% quarter-on-quarter growth in GDP really single-handedly prevented the Eurozone economy from stagnating in the final three months of last year. Many big US companies including Google and Apple, Meta, Intel and Pfizer have their European bases in Ireland, which has a relatively low 12.5% corporation tax. And also recently, we heard that the drug maker AstraZeneca wants to move some of its services over to Dublin too, instead of investing here in the UK for the tax reasons. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to to hear what um, Gabriel McClough said. The argument he's trying to make is, is that it's not. this is not just due to intellectual property earnings it's actually that there are factories that mm. manufacture things and particularly when it comes to biomedical sciences Ireland is a massive exporter of that the Irish Statistics Office actually has a different measure of GDP that they use it's called GNI Star which strips out some of the effects of globalisation and that's kind of what's regarded more in terms of the uh, how they measure the, the performance of the Irish economy from the statistics point of view in Ireland but it's an interesting you know when you when you look at the effect that Ireland's economic growth had on the overall EU reading in, in, in the last yeah, quarter of I last mean, year look, 
12.5% tax, um, um, corporation tax. That's been known for a long time. That yeah, accusation yeah, is sort of nothing 80s. new yeah. around around Ireland. But very, very interesting, though, to hear um, those comments from uh, McAuliffe there. Look, the Wall Street Journal, another Elon Musk story. The Wall Street Journal says that under Elon Musk, Twitter faces suits claiming over $14 million in unpaid bills. What's going on with the bills for Elon Musk? Yes, indeed, Caroline. So since Elon Musk took over Twitter, it's faced a growing list of claims that it hasn't paid its bills as a social media company is aiming to break even this year. Landlords, consultants and vendors in recent months have made demands for payments in at least nine lawsuits. Now, according to the Wall Street Journal, the complaints against the social media company are said to be $14 million plus interest, so no small fee there. Musk's career before Twitter included very, very close brushes with financial doom, including Tesla nearly, nearly, very nearly running out of money. And Elon Musk has spoken about this on more than one occasion. Now, the newspaper reports that Musk says, we're not behind because we can't pay them. It's just because we're arguing whether the parts are actually right. So he wants to have a look at these deals again. I just want to bring your attention to one outstanding invoice. It's for $7,000 and it was a swag bag gift box for Elon Musk. Now included sandblasted logo on Japanese whiskey bottle, an extra large bomber jacket and more than $250 worth of socks. Socks. Okay. I know. Whiskey, socks and well, bomber jacket. A what a necklace. swag bag. A great day, no, but in yeah. all honesty, it's, you know, other people are suffering because of these out these outstanding yeah, bills. Yeah, and I was going to say, is, you can't yes. argue with the bill by not paying it. Uh, certainly not for the oh. landlords in London who are pretty frustrated by the sounds of things. But yeah, that's an interesting one in the Wall Street Journal. Let's turn next to The Guardian. The headline there, loss of nearly 15,000 UK retail jobs, a brutal start to 2023, according to a report. Yeah, indeed. And this is according to the Centre for Retail Research. And they're saying a majority of job losses are at these big, large retailers, such as both Tesco and Asda, some of the main supermarkets that we shop in. Now, national retailers, we do know this, including Paper Chase, the clothing chain Emenco, a tile giant, have all gone bust in recent weeks, while Wilco, New Look and supermarkets Tesco and Asda have all announced these job cuts. Now, we do know that retail job losses have been mounting for several years, and that even came before those lengthy closures after repeated COVID lockdowns. And according to The Guardian, large retail chains, which have 10 or more stores across the UK high street, are doing the biggest um, cuts when it comes to jobs and a revaluation of business rates, which are among the largest operating costs for retailers, is taking place from the 1st of April and looks likely to reduce the rateable values used to determine bills. So we are hearing about these mm. massive job losses across the high street. We've seen lots of department stores close here, Caroline, that we're so used to seeing Debenhams and yeah. um, many of them. And now we're just seeing these job losses across the retail Perhaps sector. more pressure on the Chancellor Jeremy Hunt to do something um, about those business rates, a, a complaint of old, really, for businesses and how they are affected. Thanks so much, Leanne Gaines, for a look at the newspapers.
Well, let's get more down the weekend's diplomatic manoeuvres at the Munich Security Conference. The US Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, and China's top diplomat, Wang Yi, met, but failed to calm tensions after the shooting down of that suspected Chinese spy balloon. For more, let's speak to Bloomberg's Bruce Einhorn in Hong Kong. Bruce, did this meeting change anything in this ratcheting up of tensions that we've had over the balloon incident? Well, I think, um, you know, you have to look at the glass half full version of it, which is at least they're talking to one another, right? Um, but um, aside from that, no, there wasn't uh, th- there wasn't a whole lot to point to to show that tensions are easing. Of course, this is um, the first time that, that there's been a high-level meeting between the two sides since the balloon incident. Um, U.S. Secretary of State Blinken was supposed to be going to China. He called off that visit. Um, uh, they haven't said that it was canceled. They have said it's postponed. Um, but we haven't heard anything about when it will take place. And given the exchanges that took place in Munich, um, mm. it's unclear when the, the two sides will be ready to have that kind of a high level meeting. OK, look, on the balloon issue, though, it's in the past and it's kind of finger pointing. I think the bigger issue, surely, is Ukraine. The, the kind of blunt statements that Blinken made about what China may do um, with Russia. Yes. So uh, the Secretary of State said that the U.S. has intelligence, that China is preparing to provide military assistance to Ukraine, something that China has denied. China has said that uh, far from that, they're actually trying to uh, uh, arrange for some sort of a peaceful settlement in Ukraine. Uh, So uh, again, uh, two very distinct, very different views of what's happening between the U.S. and China when it comes to uh, the Chinese role in Ukraine. Um, Meanwhile, Wang Yi seeking warmer political relations, it seems, with the European Union. Uh, well, that is part of a, a Chinese effort to try to split off the Europeans from the Americans. Um, we've seen that before, say, with um, uh, China's attempt to try to get um, the Netherlands to not go along with U.S. sanctions when it comes to semiconductors. Uh, that didn't succeed. Uh, we'll see if they have any uh, better luck this time. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.